Hey, Julie. Hey, Julie. Oh, that was a very, uh, that was a very, like, uh, radio host sort of... I'm trying. I'm, try- I'm trying to fill in. Uh, great. That's great. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to Hey, Julie. Uh, my name is Brett, as you know. I'm joined not by my co-host, Danielle Gibson, this week, but by my dear friend, Joel Sininski. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. You know who's really having a pleasurable time? My friend Danielle, who's in St. Bart's right now, just chilling, not watching this horrible season of The Bachelor, not watching the Sounds nation great. crumble around her. Really, though, this Bachelor season is a perfect reflection of the state that our country is in. I've been saying in. this since day one of of it. Because but- I love, you know that I'm a huge Bachelor fan. That's why I wanted to do this. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the show, and this season is really rough and I really think that it's a perfect kind of mirror image of our country, which is also going down the drain. Yes. So, um, to fill you in, because I don't think you've ever listened to an episode no, of this, we're I just going to talk about the ba- the Bachelor. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, trust me, if the audience Joel knows the, what he's talking about when he when he talks about the Bachelor, he's been watching the Bachelor. I do for very for years, yeah. for years, a lot longer than I have. Yeah. I watched the first couple seasons like 10, 15 years ago. Me too, and I stopped because I was and turned I, into a, a and person. I pick, and I picked it up again maybe five, okay. six seasons ago. I mean, I've been I've been watching pretty seriously for a few years, and it's probably my favorite show most of the time. <laughs> but uh, this season has really been difficult to get through it's really tough and i have i have some ideas about why but okay. just, it's really difficult and to then watch. how much big brother do you watch none oh, okay Zero. so we'll, we will not be inviting you back in in uh no. june or july do not invite me back all right that. well you're not invited all right so let's get uh into let's get back to business we, we're picking up in the middle of this taylor corinne fight i keep no. wanting to call her kareem <laughs> this, but it's corinne <laughs> kareem taylor <laughs> kareem abdul jabbar no not kareem the Taylor Corinne rivalry is like the most artificial bullshit drama, and they've stretched it out now over like three episodes. It's been the central drama of the show, and Taylor is like a nothing character. She doesn't even do anything. It's so art. It's like this show. All all these shows are kind of artificial, but this is so artificial. They are like rivalry. I can't stand it. So. I understand where Taylor's coming from because Taylor it, Taylor is right. Yeah. Taylor is right. Corinne is an emotional infant, is a manipulative yes. child, and shouldn't be marrying anyone. No, no, definitely not. And it did drive me crazy how Corinne kept misunderstanding what emotional intelligence is. She, like, all episode long, I know anyone who's watching who's a psychiatrist or something must have been pulling their hair out, watching her constantly think that saying you're not emotionally intelligent means you're stupid. No, they are she just heard things. you're not intelligent, but there yeah. is a word before it. Emotional- well, she, I mean, <laughs> Corinne is like, at this point on the show, I mean, she is going to be on Bachelor in Paradise. They have a slot, I'm sure they have a slot ready for her. She's ready to go. She's, she's there she's right now. She's made, in St. Bart's with Danny. She is made for Getting Bachelor drunk. in Paradise. So she's just biding her time on the show, but you know the producers want to keep her on because she's one of the only sources of drama on this season. Which, spoilers, let me, this is why I think this is probably the worst episode of the season because at the end of last so strong episode, words considering how bad every episode at the end of been. last episode we're, we have this Taylor Corinne fight and then we're like oh to be continued next week on 
Taylor and Corinne are going into the episode, but only one is remaining. So we know Corinne's gonna, we know this entire episode Taylor's gonna go. Also, because Nick is just like a horny little boy, so he's mm-hmm. gonna keep the hot one that he makes out with. Like, him and Taylor mm-hmm. have only, like, pecked on the cheek, basically. It's like, it's so, there's no actual drama in this episode, because you knew he was gonna pick Corinne. It was so obvious. I know. From a I producer knew. standpoint, he's gonna pick her. From a horniness standpoint, he's gonna pick her. It's like, it, he's obviously gonna pick her. Um. I, so I asked you if Taylor was wrong, and we, and we go no. We know Taylor is not wrong about what she has to say. No, I have not. a question for you: Is Corinne wrong about Taylor? Uh when she says that Taylor's a bitch, uh, I and Taylor is kind of like a self-centered person who might not be as smart as she thinks she is. I would kind of agree with that, too. I do think Taylor seems like a bit of an ice queen. She seems a bit at a remove. But also, it's like, the thing is with these shows, I feel, with The Bachelor, is these women are put in a really incredibly horrible circumstance. Yes. And they all react in different ways. So, how Taylor is on the show is not really a reflection, I think, of how she is in real life. But I think in this circumstance, she's putting up all these walls and she's being very cold to everybody. And they keep sticking her with Corinne, probably against her will. So she is kind of being a bitch. So I do think I think they both have a point, but it just isn't an argument that I really care about because it feels so manufactured to me. An interesting thing is... Taylor is actually younger than Corinne. Corinne is 24. Taylor is 23 if the Chirons are right. Interesting. Taylor keeps... Taylor... I was on Taylor's side. I still am. Taylor is right. Any girl who is... Any any person on the show who is anti-Corinne is in the right. Corinne's a monster person who I've been saying since episode one is female Trump. And she even says in this episode, make America Corinne again. She is female Trump. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. She keeps saying that she runs a business, though no one's really sure what she does. It's her dad's business. It is her dad's. They did in the opening thing. She says, I run a multi-million dollar business. It was her, like, at a little computer with her fat dad behind her, like, showing her what to do. It's like, yeah, she she has an equity stake in her dad's business. One of my favorite moments in the most recent season of Big Brother, when they're doing the same sort of introductory packages uh, before they go into the house... uh, the girl who won the most recent season, she's like, I'm in PR. And they cut to her, and she's in an office, and she's and she's on the phone, and she's like, yes, I promise you, your hotel will be the hottest hotel in Austin. And she hangs <laughs> on the phone. These jobs are it all like fake. fake. It was like the fakest Boogie it's Nights all- fake scene. <laughs> the jobs are all fake. I like how in this season, they've had a couple of references to Nick being a salesman. When oh, Nick- I don't even... I never even knew what, no, what Nick... Nick is a bachelor celebrity. That's his job. Nick has been on three seasons. He's in the Bachelor Nation. He tweets. He goes on Instagram and does product things. He goes on all the after shows. Nick is a bachelor celebrity. That is his job. That's been his job since the first of the three previous seasons that he's been on. Yeah. So it's like just acknowledge that that's his job. He's a bachelor celebrity. But now but, he's now, but now he's aging himself out. He's retiring. Like that's he, he is retiring. He's retired. When you are the the main bachelor, unless you get to the end and you have two people well, he's not like, going I back feel to- like none of you are right like he already last season I don't know if you watched Bachelor in Paradise last season I watched a few episodes Nick but I didn't really remember the him, oldest no. the old man there it's like everyone there yeah, was he's like, like 34 35 36 oh! very old for the Bachelor so Nick already was at his wits end with this show he already was basically done and I think they just threw him a bone um, asked and wanted him to be the Bachelor so he decided to give it one more one more ride around 
But I think Nick is just a terrible bachelor. I think he's the the one of the worst ones I've ever seen. He's really not interesting. Here, can, we, we, can we, I give you my Nick theory? Please do, because like uh, the last few episodes on this show, we've kind of just been steaming through the actual content of the episode because there's not much ha- not much happened this week on The Bachelor. So let's just talk about this more in a, a macro sense. Okay, and uh, I would love to hear an outsider's opinion. Okay, and uh, we'll just we'll just chat about it. Because who cares? Who cares about the fake haunted house? Nothing happened on this show. It was, yeah, nothing happened this episode, and there was no actual drama. It started with Corinne and Taylor. It ended with Corinne and Taylor. Here's my thing about Nick. I was excited about Nick as the Bachelor. I thought he would be interesting. I've been a Nick apologist for a while. I really liked him on the Caitlyn season when he was kind of being sleazy. I thought he was really good on that season. That was a great season all in all, the Caitlyn season, for other fans out there. But here's the thing with Nick. I think every season on the show... You have some contestants who are kind of like game head people who watch the show and are really obsessive about the game of the show and the game of The Bachelor. And they're the contestants who are always like, I'm not getting enough time with the guy. You were taking up too much time. It's not fair. And always talking about like how like how it's being perceived. And they're always the most boring contestants who are going to get, they're always the nerds who are going to get out. Nick is the first example of a Bachelor who is too much of a game head. Is there, is there any women from this season who are like that? Um... Not this season, less so. Taylor, a little bit actually. Just yeah. Talk, I, and, but um, like and what's his name? In Bachelor in Paradise, a perfect example was this little tiny marine. I can't remember his name. This little squat, like buff marine. I cannot remember his name. Anyone who watched it knows who I'm talking about. That guy was the game head of all game heads. He was just constantly talking about how people weren't getting enough time. And were being. It wasn't being fair. Anyway, Nick has been on three seasons of the show now. And he's seen him, so he's so familiar with the show, and he's so familiar with how he can be misconstrued and how they can edit it to make him look bad. Because he's he, the expert. Because he was made to look pretty edit. bad on earlier seasons. He was kind of the villain in the Caitlyn season. So, because he's so aware of that, he's so boring now. He's so cautious. He doesn't seem like he ever is actually putting himself out there or being interesting because he's constantly aware. Ding! Putting myself out there! <laughs> is that a game you guys play? No, it's just like a, every time, I just take note in my mind every time. It's like, oh, I just really need to put myself out there and by putting myself out there, I'll really tr- find my true love and I won't find my true love until I put myself out it's there. It's true. But I think with Nick, it's like, like if you're an actor, like the most baseline thing you need to do is to be like a good film or TV actor is be comfortable on camera and seem like you're not thinking about being on camera. And Nick, I feel like, can't get past that. I think he seems hyper aware that he is The Bachelor, that he's on the show, that this is his rehabilitation story, that this is his last chance to make an impression. And he's so aware of that, he always seems like he's distant. He never seems like he's in the moment because he always seems like he's thinking about the fact that he is on camera because he's had it happen to him before. So because of that, he's so boring. He's so dumb. He's so dull. His eyes glaze over all the time. He never seems like he's focused on the women. And he just is completely uninteresting and creates no drama because he just seems so aware of that. And that's what is ruining the season. He just is so boring. So they have to create this fake drama with these other girls because he is not creating anything. He's just like an empty slate. Yeah, he, he's in, he's pretty boring. And he asks, you know, your basic, like, oh, how many parents do you have he also needs uh <laughs> elocution lessons he is mumbling he's like the worst mumbler he mumbles like a maniac on the show yeah but i so i think it's just kind of like he's not like a really bad guy but bad bachelors are great my favorite bachelor season of all time my favorite reality tv season ever was juan pablo who's infamously the worst bachelor ever because he was like an 
an unrepentant scumbag. And it was actually very interesting to watch the show with a truly scumbag person at the yeah. center. And But he's also, like, not really, like, Nick's not, like, a nice, interesting guy either. So he's just in this weird middle ground, and there's just nothing, there's nothing there. There's no there there yeah. with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I haven't been able to put it into words, but I watch and I'm like, I don't, I really don't enjoy watching him. He just seems really boring. Yeah. And the and funny thing is, he was able to be, to, to like not seem this way on other seasons. Like when he was a contestant, he, he and, when he was on, and when he was on Bachelor in Paradise, he was actually very natural on camera, but I feel like the pressure of being the Bachelor is weighing on him, and you see it every episode. You see that he's feeling the pressure of being the Bachelor, and because of that, he's not doing anything. He just is letting it kind of constrain him and freeze him up in all the parts where he should be trying to be interesting and fun and just trying to like get to know the people. So it just really is tough for me to watch, because I was actually a Nick fan. I was really excited about him. I thought he would be I know. one of the more provocative Bachelors, and he's not. He's just boring. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard going into it, is this guy is a provocateur he um he is cheeky he uh was he uh is, a, is sleazy he yeah you know he could be all totally. these things and here he's just like i'm i like white bread totally like on the i, I sorry, like I, to dance totally i mean the season that turned it around for me i like water <laughs> <laughs> the season that turned it around for me with him was i said it before with the caitlin season where he comes is that in, the second season that's he his was second on? season okay. where he shows up halfway through the season where he he just shows up out of nowhere. He knew Caitlyn beforehand. They go out and fuck on like the first date that they go on, and he just causes chaos. And he was great, and he was great. And then when he got his heart, when he she rejected him, it was really heart wrenching because he was an interesting character on the show, even though he was like the quote unquote villain. And now it just feels like there's like the women are going to convince themselves that they like him because that's the whole con- construct of the show is it's a competition yeah, based on falling in love so they all convince themselves they're in love with him but he's not giving anything back they can make Bruce Valanche the the bachelor yes. and there would be 25 women in love with him absolutely anyone could be the bachelor the Juan Pablo season was almost like a test of this anyone can be the bachelor and at least some of the women will convince themselves they love him and and I mean that, that's beginning to, that's really beginning to take hold this episode Raven drops an album right this episode Raven I think is not that long for this world I'm sorry I, to say I liked her date I mean she seems more of the more genuine people but she's a little trashy for Nick, I think I just I don't think, think she's. she's sweet. Make I it. think she could definitely be a bat, a future bachelorette, maybe. Really, uh, I don't know. She's, maybe because uh, she's like spunk. She's like spunky in. She's spunky, but in a in a, like a wholesome way. Yeah, I mean, like I, she. Like I'm, yeah. I'd enjoy. I'd enjoy watching her. She. She even says something. What did she say this episode? Um, Hold on, about the ghosts. It was wild when she dropped the L bomb. That was that was a that was a good moment. Every now and then, Nick is thrown out of his comfort zone oh. by these big moments, and also when he really likes a girl, like with Rachel, yeah. he seems more genuine when he's. But he just he he can't make it happen he's, when he's just in a regular circumstance. He's been really into Rachel since day one. Me, and him and me both. She, oh, she's amazing. She is great. No, she's I really she's really incredible. And. um I mean, we were even saying beforehand that if she d- doesn't win, you really hoping that she's the Bachelorette. And if she, I mean, I really am joking when I said I would apply if she was the Bachelorette. You should. They they show the ad. In, they show the I ad know, during man. the episodes. But you know, then go to abc.com slash casting to sign up. 
if I was on The Bachelorette, I would have a nervous breakdown night one. Without question, I would be sobbing on the first night, just feeling the pressure and the anxiety and feeling judged. And I would just, I would be a disaster. I would be like, I would be a total disaster on the show. It's, I see that it's a very intense kind of dark psychological experiment that's committed on these people. And I can see that. That's why I like the show. (laughs) I could never be on it. I would like to date Rachel, though. She is beautiful and smart and interesting. Buy your ticket to Dallas, my friend. I think, I mean, I think the next Bachelorette is going to be Rachel or Vanessa. I think it's whoever loses. Okay. I think, I think, I think they're final too. I think think it's already set. I think it's already, I mean, maybe what's, maybe the blonde, yeah, the blonde Danielle Danielle maybe will make it through. She's maybe top three, but I I just think, I just think he has, I just think he seems so uninterested in most of the girls and so interested in those two and they also just both seem like the two best choices i think vanessa has some sort of dark i can't put my finger on it maybe it's just because she's quebecois that i don't know something about her seems like she doesn't take no guff and the more she the more she gets to know him and the more this corinne uh charade goes on she'll be she'll, she'll, she'll check out because she'll be done. it's been threatened and i wonder if we'll see this at all this season if there's been the threats of if corinne gets a rose tonight i'm out of here yeah. i'm gonna speak my mind if corinne gets a rose and we yeah, i don't know if we're gonna see that i mean I, that has happened on the show before but it's very rare that uh, that, a, that a bachelor will willingly walk off the show um but uh because I think Vanessa does like him also. I don't know. But I think it's her or Rachel's the next um, Bachelorette. But I also, last season, made a bet that Luke would be the next Bachelor after he got voted out. I don't know if you saw the last no. season of Bachelorette. No, I haven't. This is the most, this is the only Bachelorette I mean, this I've was, seen this in was, a this was. I thought this was the easiest money I was ever going to make. <laughs> I literally bet someone, I was like, once Luke got voted out off the JoJo season last year, I was like... If it's Luke, I win. If it's literally any other man, you win. And I was like, this is the easy. Field. This is easy money because he was a Marine. He was like the hottest guy ever on the show. He was sensitive. He wrote poetry. But it, they just gave it to Nick instead. I've heard some rumors about why that happened. Tell me. The rumor I heard from a, un, from, a, from a source I won't name is that they wanted to be Luke, but then he wanted to do like a music contract with like ABC, like <laughs> to release an album with like, the show. Yeah, I need to be uh, on Nashville for four I episodes. I think basically he was like, he wanted like a deal that let him release music and they said no. And that's why they gave it to Nick. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so we, to talk about Rachel a little bit. I want to uh, mention briefly, um, Rachel. They're in the. They're on their little dinner. The dinner part of their date in the float factory. <laughs> yeah, that giant room full of full, full of, of mannequins, full of mannequins and empty floats. Very creepy. Yeah, Rachel. Last time she was in New Orleans, she was here for a funeral. This is the third of four one-on-one dates that involve a dead person. Oh, you're you right. Think? Only Raven. Raven's sob story was that she saw another woman's vagina with her boyfriend's and dick it, in it. That was actually an incredible story. That, that was a she, great and story. And then she, like, smacked, she, she, like, punched him Danielle out. Danielle M. Who was the other one that was... Oh, what's, what's her name? The, the boring... The boring, um... The boring Danielle. Dan- yeah. What was her death story about? I don't know. But there was a death in that? There was a death. There was, like... Oh, no... No, oh, who was it? No, it was Vanessa. It was Vanessa the, on the on the space flight. On the oh, space. Vanessa, right? She's like my grandpa died, right? And then Rachel, yeah. There's a lot. Of I just, I was just that. 
went cr- that just crazy alarm bells went off for me because this is this is beyond a pattern. This is <laughs> this is a happening. Well, I think I mean if we don't need to get into too much like backseat psychiatry, but I think the women who come on this show probably have are damaged in some way or another. It, I mean, I, I don't think someone who's like has a, Joel, had a perfect life is going to apply to be on the show. Joel, you you swipe right on a hot Tinder honey. And she swipes right on you. You chat. You have a fun rapport. And you're like, let's go. Let's go to a good luck bar here in Los Feliz. It's a good, nice. Good it's choice. a great date spot. It's, yeah. it's happening. Definitely. Uh, but it's not. It's like not packed. It's cool. It's kind of got this weird uh, like Asian vibe to it. I'm not like making fun of Asian. I'm just like, it's like a cool. <laughs> the Asian way you said that bar. was a I little know. creepy. I know. I'm sorry. It's like a tiki bar with. Uh, anyways. Yeah. I, anyways. I'm aware of the bar. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm setting the scene for okay. people who don't live in the three blocks that where we live. Got it. You're having a good time. You're on your fourth uh, Long Island iced tea. Wow. Okay. Tiffany, I need to tell you, someone's died recently. <laughs> in Good Luck Bar? <laughs> no, in my life. <laughs> well, weren't these all... Yeah. I mean, but here's what I think that is. I think I, it is kind of a weird pattern, but I also think when you have these one-on-one dates... You have got to make an impression. And it's all about getting in there, getting deep, getting personal. So, so far, so Raven's made the impression because she's the only one who, only person who hasn't talked about dead people. They've all made impressions. But yeah, to you, she's made an impression. You like Raven. Um, but I'm just saying, I, mean, no, I, think for, I think for some of these women, they're like, I gotta, I gotta get personal. I gotta get deep. What's a deep personal thing I talk about? The last person I know who died. And they dig in. Oh, just, yeah. They just think that and they dig in. But at the same time, how many of these dates has Nick talked about how he's been rejected on two previous seasons of the show. I mean, Nick loves to talk about how he got rejected on The Bachelor. That is his favorite topic. He has told some variation of the same story that literally almost every viewer already knows. Every person knows. On, yes. they, and certainly every woman on the show knows. He's told a version of that story like every week. It's his. It's like his go-to thing. It's the, you see him kind of like, it's a weird... I've noticed this. It's, it's like going on a date with Barack Obama and him getting teary and it's just like, you know... Uh, I'm really not comfortable talking about this, but ever since uh, Merrick Garland didn't get <laughs> nominated, yeah, it's like we know, buddy. we know, we know. But you, that was not a good. But I you almost support Merrick Garland. When I was talking- stolen seat, hashtag stolen seat, hashtag stolen seat. I agree. <laughs> but do you, do you know what I mean when you, when I was talking about Nick not seeming comfortable on camera? That's the time where you actually do see a calm fall over him. Is when he talks about how he's been rejected. On The Bachelor, it's his favorite topic. You see suddenly he feels calm. He feels like he can talk openly because it's just like the same stupid story that he's made his entire career off of. Uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, he, we really haven't seen him have like a interesting conversation. I mean, that's honestly, the only thing he talks week, about. One of the, the only interesting thing he has is the, this show. The most character I saw out of Nick was in the post-credit sequence this this week. Did you watch that? Maybe. What did he do? It's a post. It's just kind of like a funny thing. Yeah, no, I watched and them. And it's Alexis, the dolphin girl. Right. She's going like, if I see a G- Nick Cage's ghost, then I'm gonna freak out. Yeah. And, he, and then I guess some producer prints off like a like a like a mask or like a, a of Nick Cage of Nick Cage and ties it to his face. Wow. And he's like runs around and he's like, oh, I'm Nick Cage. Kiss no, me. Nick is kind like, of it funny. Was, it was like fun I'm, and goofy, and it was like I've never, I haven't seen this from you in six hours. Oh. No, and it's even more frustrating when you've seen it from him in other seasons of the show. There was a one Bachelor in Paradise where the post-credit was him doing an impression of everyone else on the show, and he was great. He mm-hmm. is funny. He just cannot... He, it's, it's, I mean, I already talked about this. He just cannot 
get it together. He cannot be comfortable in the role of the Bachelor. He's a great supporting actor, can't play the lead. He's the Paul Giamatti. No, Aaron. Paul Giamatti can't play. Who's a who's a guy who can only play supporting parts, and you give him the lead, and he just can't do it? Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's, okay. <laughs> He's the, wasn't he the lead in uh, Kick-Ass? He was. I didn't think he was good in that, and You're I didn't right. think he was good in Godzilla, which he was also the lead in. I didn't in. see Godzilla. You All right. Missing I guess Nick, that's hashtag Nick is the Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> of the Bachelor universe. Um... I have a question for you. A technical question. You're a bachelorette, but you're on the group date. You, mm-hmm. You're not going on a date tonight. You're going on a date tomorrow afternoon. You're in New Orleans. Why aren't you getting fucked up? Like, Interesting. Would, can you, can I you don't technically think, go? No. Or are you open to do whatever you want, get an order a bouncy house, but you will give off the perception that you're not here for the right reasons. Here for the right reasons. That's a great question. I mean, my uh, what I've gleaned from watching the show is that these women are fucking locked in this house until they get to go on dates. I don't think they are allowed to leave. I think you are locked in a house. This is part of the psychological experiment. These women, whatever location you're in, you're in this hotel or this house or the main house in Malibu, you're locked in a house, no internet. No news, no TV, no phones. You got nothing. All you can do is work out and drink and talk about this fucking guy. And then the only time you get to leave is when you're asked out on a date. That's part of how they convince themselves they're in love with this guy because he's the only thing that saves them from the monotony of being in this same <laughs> fucking house with these same people all day. I don't think they're allowed to go anywhere. I don't think there's probably just like legal I mean, issues. Had that I don't think show. they can just let them go. They're like on the show. I don't think you can just let them go off partying in New Orleans by themselves without like producers. I think they're I mean, on. Yeah, I think they they're on camera crew with them in case they, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to do like drunk, if they wanted to do like a boat for the evening. If they wanted to do like a B-unit crew to go out, they probably could, but I think part of the show is that they are just fucking in lockdown. I mean, we had that we had that clip during the, the date with Rachel uh, where they're dancing on the second line and from the, the 25th floor of they're the Marriott, watching them, they're yeah. like, I think that's them! I know, that was great. I actually love that. That was, that was a rare piece of cinematic uh, excellence on the show that they were able to watch them, but uh, the day with Rachel was great. Nick did open up on that day because he actually likes her. It's like that. That's the time that he kind of when the times that Nick feels natural on camera is when he likes a girl or when he's horny and making out with a girl or when he's talking about getting his heart broken on a previous season. Those are the three times <laughs> that Nick actually seems comfortable on camera. Any other time, he seems hyper aware and and just and just cannot let let himself go. He's and playing a prevent go. defense. Just like absolutely, if I if I say as little as possible, there won't be a, like any, any any no one will construe anything that I say the wrong way. Absolutely, and that's why they have to create all this fake ass, fake drama with these fake girls because he's not creating anything himself because he's just he's boring. Um. So, uh, anything to say about the loss of Sarah and Astrid? I think Astrid went with Astrid went with little fanfare. Um, yeah, Astrid was, uh, I was, I mean, her, her biggest moment on the whole show was when she cheated her way, she cheated in that race, and yeah. they got to kiss Nick in a hot tub in the middle of the day, which is a very in, weird. In some high, like in a high, high school, school yeah. track. It was very strange, because, I mean, they do hot tub stuff on the show a lot, but it's, I feel like it's rare to have, like, a hot tub just sitting in the middle of a field in the daytime, where they're just, like, kissing in the hot tub. So that was just a weird highlight for her, is that she cheated her way into that. Um, the other one, Sarah, was very cute. I'm surprised. I really she, liked her too. I I'm, think she had a really good first impression. I remember she was the one who, the first date, she was like, 
she was like wearing sneakers. She's like, oh, I gotta run or something. And yeah, that was her pun. Yeah, some of Nick's choices have been kind of interesting. I still feel like he has some girls on that I'm just kind of surprised that he's kept around. And every week, I, see that he cuts some really some like cute, interesting girls. Can you tell me who Whitney is? Whitney, no. Whitney's been on for weeks, and she has not gotten a single. She, I think she might have gotten one this week where she was like, ooh, haunted houses, scary. Is she st- she's still on the show? She's still on the show. Her name is Whitney, and every time I see her, I go, who is that? She's I have like, no idea. Anne Bland, and Veal. <laughs> they're usually, I feel like most seasons, there is there are one or two contestants like that where you're like, is that just like a production assistant that wandered into the shop by accident? I feel like that always kind of I mean, happens. We know, who, we know who the main characters of the season are going to be from the ten or so yeah. uh, intro packages we get. Uh, at the beginning of the first episode. Yeah, there's so like 30... Though there's, there's always th- going to be some that kind of come out of the woodwork a little bit later. Yeah. But Christina has been a has been a good one, the the Russian girl. Yeah, she came out of nowhere, but she, she I feel like she's going to last for a little while. I mean, really, for me, it's like, if we're talking about predictions on the on like the, what girls are going to like be the main characters, I really think it's Rachel, Vanessa at the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe Danielle Blonde. Um, Danielle Non-Blonde is out soon. She's really Ooh. boring. I No, I think he's pretty into her. I mean, she's gotten some... I mean, he's, he's into her sexually. So maybe he'll keep her around for the uh, overnight dates. Because yeah. really it comes out, if he's down to those those final two, and I think he will be, then the third is really... Who does he want to have sex with? Do you think... Uh, how many... W- at what point do we get to the the overnight dates? Final three. Final three. So, Interesting. so, there are times in the show, Nick was part of this in the previous season, where you do... They do fuck each other before then. Yeah. Where they, but if you're following the kind of rules of the show, the final four, he goes and meets the parents. The final three, they all go have an overnight date. The they all, and they, and they, they, they all have sex in the fantasy suites. And the final two... They they meet Nick's family, so even though Raven already met his family, so uh, so if, if you're if you're following the rules of the show, and I think Nick is going to follow the rules to a T, based on the things I already said, I think we've that, already seen on the first episode that this season on that he's probably going to have sex with Corinne. I think yeah, the one or, thing he might do is have sex with Corinne before the final three because I don't think he wants to keep her until the final three. That just seems insane to me, but I do think he wants to have sex with her. I I'm real. I really can't put up with this Corinne farce anymore. It's just difficult to watch because, like, I know she's not she's not long for the show. Yeah, she's just purely a character for this um, for the producers. I mean, it was a pure producer manipulation that oh, Corinne yeah. and Taylor are on this. Taylor still she's left alone on Alligator Island or whatever. That was Taylor that was, got the Taylor got the shot of t- just like it's so weird. Goodbye, and then she's sitting there and like. The the the, priest, the voodoo priestesses are like that was very strange. Though clearly Taylor could not care less about Nick. She's not crying. She's not sad. She goes and does this whole new setup with these voodoo priestesses with a whole camera crew with her like doing this weird shit where like they dance with the voodoo people. She's it's like, like I'm a water sign. Yeah, this is who I am. Yeah, she's I I kind of I don't know. I might come out on the side of Corinne in this whole debate. Corinne is at least more honest about who she is. Taylor, I feel like, is kind of what you were saying and what Corinne is saying. She acts smarter than she is. She thinks she's more mature than she is. She is more mature than Corinne, certainly, but Corinne sort of owns who she is in a way that Taylor doesn't. She owns being a truly, truly horrible person. Absolutely. She owns it, though. Yeah, so, I mean, that was something I, I mean, I, I'm still very anti-Corinne, but as this episode went on and we, I, you know, I was just forced to think about this Taylor-Corinne thing, I was like, you know what? Taylor is kind of a pill. 
She is. But I also feel like she just got the rough end of the stick here because I feel like the producers just kind of push them together in a way. And, she, and now yeah. suddenly they have this argument. Then they have the one on the two on one date. Then they have another argument. It's like the, oh, it's like they just, the producers are just like, okay, here's Corinne's like enemy. Here's the yeah. here's the rivalry we're gonna build fucking like three weeks of storylines around, which is insane to me still. And they gave it to Taylor. So Taylor's kind of stuck being with this little brat for all of this her screen time. Yeah. So I do sort of see why she would be kind of pissed off about it. But I also think she is kind of a pill. And Nick doesn't give a shit. I mean, her and Nick have negative chemistry. They got nothing going on. No. Nick, and, Nick and Corinne at least have, like, sexual chemistry. Yeah. Corinne, Nick and Taylor have nothing. Yeah. Zero going on. Um well, I'm, I think I'm pretty I'm pretty content with what with what we've left this episode. I really don't want to talk about the fake haunted house. You want to talk about was, the haunted house? <laughs> no, it was it was yeah, just it was fake. Lame. It was like, did you see the new Ghostbusters movie? I did. There's like the scene in the beginning where um, the Zach Woods he's like a tour guide in a haunted house like at that and the spooky things happen but the reveal is that oh it's all remote controlled or whatever until a real ghost shows up and that's the cold open of the interesting this was clearly if this was not something that had a bunch of remote controlled shit going on at the least why aren't fucking ghost hunters international there like, it was all fake. I it, mean, was it was all, all fake. Very fake. No, but just like and the, then the chandelier girl, dropping yeah. and the books falling down. Like this is all this and is the all girls all trying to play along with it. Yeah, it was stupid. It was very dumb. I mean, the 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 best part of the episode was the date with Rachel because that at least felt genuine and you saw kind of real parts of New Orleans. And uh, I know yeah. we went down the tremé with Steve Zahn and uh, John Goodman <laughs> uh, before John Goodman. Uh, I won't spoil tremé for everyone. Wait. I don't know if you guys do this, but I would just want to know who's your prediction. Who do you think is going to take the crown? Who's going to win it? Who's um, going to win Nick's boring heart? I think Danielle M. You think Danielle M is going to win the, the blonde whole... Danielle? That's a wow. Okay, interesting. Um, you think she could? Do you think she's at a similar boring level as him? Yeah, I mean that might be what is peppering my dis- or coloring my my thoughts because I really only see Nick as this boring guy, but you know he has he has more layers than that. Um, she seems bo- she seems like pretty boring and wholesome in a like let's like I'm ready to have a family sort of way. It's so Though, funny because I would never her, to, yeah. before this season have thought that's who Nick would go for. But you're right, that is how he seems now. But it's like yeah. that isn't who he seems like he would go for. Though today. I mean, he is he is truly uh, he is like something. There's like a true connection between him and Rachel, so I wouldn't be surprised. With, with I her. think I think Vanessa takes it. I actually do. I think Rachel Vanessa final two. I think Vanessa takes the crown. And Rachel is the next Bachelorette, the first black Bachelorette, which would be great. We need it in this post-Obama America. We need it. it. Because there's a lot of Trump voters who watch The Bachelor. If anything's going to make them less racist, it's this show. I know. You said earlier about that I'm, like, intrigued by uh, Raven. I'm sure Raven, like has a fucking Mike Huckabee tattoo on her ass. I'm sure she's a, I'm sure she's a truly horrible person. Uh, well, I think Nick is cute and I think the gays deserve to be drowned in the river sticks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these, all these women have layers that we're not seeing. I know. Uh, any thoughts on Liz the doula from Las Vegas? Ooh, wait. Is she the one who he had She's fucked? the one who he fucked okay, for. I actually have a, can I tell a quick story Please. about that? So I'm in a fantasy league for The for the Bachelor. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the, e- the ESPN Fantasy League, and one of the questions on the first night was, who's going to get the first impression rose? So I just looked at all the pictures. I was like, oh, Liz, she looks she looks hot. Yeah. So I picked her. So I'm so then I'm watching with a group of people. And, I'm, and she comes up, I'm like, I'm like, oh, she's the one who I chose to get the first impression rose. And then I find out that they fucked. <laughs> 
a year ago at a wedding. That was a truly horrible viewing experience because it's like I'm like, oh, she's. I'm like, oh yeah, I bet she'll get the first impression, Rose. And I find out it's I the. I thought she was really attractive. I thought she was. She really was attractive and been there, done that for Nick. Nick's been there, done that, seen that weird back tattoo. Absolutely, Nick has seen it all with her, so it's done. But that was really like I could not believe the girl I chose out of all of them to get the first impression. Rose was the one that he had already had she's sex with. She's got a cool look. She's got like a nose ring. Yeah, whatever. I was saying, she's, and I was yeah. still thinking of Nick as like the interesting, edgy Nick, not the fucking milk toast vanilla trying to like appeal to your mom Nick that we're seeing on this season. All right, Joel, I really appreciate you coming on this week. Uh, maybe we'll have you on later in the season if... if uh, I, I would love to, towards the end. Towards the end. As, yeah, as, uh, as the picture becomes clearer, as this tarot cards lay out, Absolutely. I mean, I will say, in any Jack of Cups, in any Bachelor season, the later later in the season is when the best stuff happens. So I'm hoping the season turns it around because it's always for me the last few episodes are the best episodes. Yeah. So hopefully, as bad as the season has been, it has been really bad. I'm hoping it turns it around. I'm hoping that by the end, we're all enjoying it. Cool. I hope I hope so too. And then maybe we'll uh, get you to watch a random episode of, of Big Brother and see what you think. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joel. Thank you. Bye, Julie. Bye, Julie. <laughs>